Act Five of The Gamester by Edward Moore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One. Enter Stukely, Bates, and Dawson. Poor Lucen! But I told you enough last night. The thoughts of him are horrible to me. In the street, did you say? And no one near him? By his own door. He was leading me to his house. I pretended business with him and stabbed him to the heart while he was reaching at the bell. And did he fall so suddenly? The repetition pleases you, I see. I told you he fell without a groan. What heard you of him this morning? That the watch found him in their rounds and alarmed the servants. I mingled with the crowd just now and saw him dead in his own house. The sight terrified me. Away with terrors, till his ghost rise and accuse us. We have no living enemy to fear. Unless tis Beverly, and him we have lodged safe in prison. Must he be murdered too? Nah, I have a scheme to make the law his murderer. At what hour did Lucen fall? The clock struck twelve, just as I turned to leave. "'Twas a melancholy bell, I thought, tolling for his death. The time was lucky for us. To Dawson. Beverly was arrested at one, you say? Exactly. Good. We'll talk of this presently. The women were with him, I think. And old Jarvis. I would have told you of them last night, but your thoughts were too busy. "'Tis well you have a heart of stone. "'The tail would melt it else. "'Out with it, then. "'I traced him to his lodgings, "'and pretending pity for his misfortunes, "'kept the door open while the officers seized him. "'Twas a damned deed, but no matter.' I followed my instructions. And what said he? He upbraided me with treachery, called you a villain, acknowledged the sums you had lent him, and submitted to his fortune. And the women? For a few minutes, astonishment kept them silent. They looked wildly at one another while the tears streamed down their cheeks. But rage and fury soon gave them words, and then, in the very bitterness of despair, they cursed me and the monster that had employed me. And you bore it with philosophy? Till the scene changed, and then I melted. I ordered the officers to take away their prisoner. The women shrieked, and water followed him. But we forbade them. Twas then they fell upon their knees, the wife fainting, the sister raven, and both, with all the eloquence of misery, endeavouring to soften us. I never felt compassion till that moment. And had the officers been moved like me, we'd have left the business undone and fled with curses on ourselves. 
but their hearts were steeled by custom the tears of beauty and the pangs of affection were beneath their pity they tore him from their arms and lodged him in prison with only jarvis to comfort him there let him lie till we have farther business with him for you sir let me hear no more of your compassion a fellow nursed in villainy and employed from childhood in the business of hell should have no dealings with compassion say you so sir you should have named the devil that tempted me tis false i found you a villain therefore employed you but no more of this we've embarked too far in mischief to recede lucen is dead and we are all principals in his murder think of that there's time enough for pity when ourselves are out of danger beverley still lives though in a jail his ruin will sit heavy on him and discoveries may be made to undo us all something must be done and speedily to bates you saw him quarrelling with lucen in the street last night i did his steward jarvis saw him too and shall attest it here's matter to work upon an unwilling evidence carries weight with him something of my design i have hinted to you before beverley must be the author of this murder and we the parties to convict him but how to proceed will require time and thought come along with me the room within is fitter for privacy to dawson but no compassion sir we want leisure for it this way excellent scene two changes to beverley's lodgings enter mrs beverley and charlotte no news of lucen yet none he went out early and knows not what has happened the clock strikes eight i'll wait no longer stay but till jarvis comes he has sent twice to stop us till we see him i have no life in this separation oh what a night was last night i would not pass another such to purchase worlds by it my poor beverley too what must he have felt the very thought distracts me to have him torn at midnight from me a loathsome prison his habitation a cold damp room his lodging the bleak winds perhaps blowing upon his pillow no fond wife to lull him to his rest and no reflections but to wound and tear him tis too horrible i wanted love for him or they had not forced him from me they should have parted soul and body first i was too tame you must not talk so all that we could we did and jarvis did the rest the faithful creature will give him comfort why does he delay coming and there's another fear his poor master may be claiming the last kind office from him his heart perhaps is breaking see where he comes his looks are cheerful too scene three enter jarvis are tears then cheerful alas he weeps speak to him charlotte i have no tongue to ask him questions how does your master jarvis i am old and foolish ma'am and tears will come before my words but don't you weep to mrs beverley 
i have a tale of joy for you what tale say but he is well and i have joy enough his mind too shall be well all shall be well i have news for him that shall make his poor heart bound again fie upon old age how childish it makes me i have a tale of joy for you and my tears drown it shed them in showers then and make haste to tell it what is it jarvis yet why should i rejoice when a good man dies your uncle ma'am died yesterday my uncle oh heavens how heard you of his death his steward came express ma'am i met him in the street inquiring for your lodgings i should not rejoice perhaps but he was old and my poor master a prisoner now he shall live again oh tis a brave fortune and twas death to me to see him a prisoner where left you the steward i would not bring him hither to be a witness of your distresses and besides i wanted once before i die to be the messenger of joy to you my good master will be a man again haste haste then and let us fly to him we are delaying our own happiness i had forgot a coach ma'am and lucy has ordered one where was the need of that the news has given me wings i have no joy till my poor brother shares it with me how did he pass the night jarvis why now ma'am i can tell you like a man dreaming of death and horrors when they led him to his cell for twas a poor apartment for my master he flung himself upon a wretched bed and lay speechless till daybreak a sigh now and then and a few tears that followed those sighs were all that told me he was alive i spoke to him but he would not hear me and when i persisted he raised his hand at me and knit his brow so i thought he would have struck me oh miserable but what said he jarvis or was he silent all night at daybreak he started from the bed and looking wildly at me asked who i was i told him and bid him be of comfort begone old wretch says he i have sworn never to know comfort my wife my child my sister i have undone them all and will know no comfort then letting go his hold and falling upon his knees he imprecated curses upon himself this is too horrible but you did not leave him so no i am sure he did not i had not the heart ma'am by degrees i brought him to himself a shower of tears came to his relief and then he called me the kindest friend and begged forgiveness of me like a child i was a child too when he begged forgiveness of me my heart throbbed so i could not speak to him he turned from me for a minute or two and suppressing a few bitter sighs inquired after his wretched family 
wretched was his word ma'am asked how you bore the misery of last night if you had goodness enough to see him in prison and then begged me to hasten to you i told him he must be more himself first he promised me he would and bating a few sullen intervals he became composed and easy and then i left him but not without an attendant a servant in the prison whom i hired to wait upon him tis an hour since we parted i was prevented in my haste to be the messenger of joy to you what a tale is this but we have stayed too long a coach is needless hark i hear one at the door and lucy comes to tell us we'll away this moment to comfort him or die with him Exeunt. scene four changes to stukeley's lodgings enter stukeley bates and dawson here's presumptive evidence at least or if we want more why we must swear more but all unwillingly we gain credit by reluctance i have told you how to proceed beverley must die we hunt him in view now and must not slacken in the chase tis either death for him or shame and punishment for us think of that and remember your instructions you bates must to the prison immediately i would be there but a few minutes before you and you dawson must follow in a few minutes after so here we divide but answer me are you resolved upon this business like men like villains rather but you may depend upon us like what we are then you make no answer dawson compassion i suppose has seized you no i have disclaimed it my answer is bates you may depend upon me consider the reward riches and security i have sworn to divide with you to the last shilling so here we separate till we meet in prison remember your instructions and be men Excellent. scene five changes to a prison beverley is discovered sitting after a short pause he starts up and comes forward why there's an end then i have judged deliberately and the result is death how the self-murderer's account may stand i know not but this i know the load of hateful life oppresses me too much the horrors of my soul are more than i can bear offers to kneel father of mercy i cannot pray despair has laid his iron hand upon me and sealed me for perdition conscience conscience thy clamours are too loud hears that shall silence them takes a vial out of his pocket and looks at it thou art most friendly to the miserable come then thou cordial for sick minds come to my heart drinks oh that the grave would bury memory as well as body for if the soul sees and feels the sufferings of those dear ones it leaves behind the everlasting has no vengeance to torment it deeper i'll think no more aunt reflection comes too late once there was time for it but now tis past who's there scene six enter jarvis 
one that hoped to see you with better looks why do you turn so from me i have brought comfort with me and see who comes to give it welcome my wife and sister aside why tis but one pang more then and farewell world scene seven enter mrs beverley and charlotte where is he runs and embraces him oh i have him i have him and now they shall never part us more i have news love to make you happy for ever but don't look coldly on me how is it brother alas he hears us not speak to me love i have no heart to see you thus nor i to bear the sense of so much shame this is a sad place we come to take you from it to tell you that the world goes well again that providence has seen our sorrows and sent the means to heal them your uncle died yesterday my uncle no do not say so oh i am sick at heart indeed i meant to bring you comfort tell me he lives then if you would give me comfort tell me he lives and if i did i have no power to raise the debt he died yesterday and i am heir to him to his whole estate sir but bear it patiently well well why fame says i am rich then and truly so why do you look so wildly do i the news was unexpected but has he left me all 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 sir he could not leave it from you i'm sorry for it sorry why sorry your uncle's dead charlotte peace be with the soul then is it so terrible that an old man should die he should have been immortal heaven knows i wished not for his death twas the will of providence that he should die why are you disturbed so has death no terrors in it not an old man's death yet if it troubles you i wish him living and i with all my heart why what's the matter oh, nothing how heard you of his death his steward came express would i had never known it or had heard it one day sooner for i have a tale to tell shall turn you into stone or if the power of speech remain you shall kneel down and curse me alas what tale is this and why are we to curse you i'll bless you for ever no i have deserved no blessings the world holds not such another wretch all this large fortune this second bounty of heaven that might have healed our sorrows and satisfied our utmost hopes in a cursed hour i sold last night sold how sold impossible it cannot be that devil stukely with all hell to aid him tempted me to the deed to pay false debts of honour and to redeem past errors i sold the reversion sold it for a scanty sum and lost it among villains why farewell all then liberty and life come kneel and curse me 
then hear me heaven kneels look down with mercy on his sorrows give softness to his looks and quiet to his heart take from his memory the sense of what is past and cure him of despair on me on me if misery must be the lot of either multiply misfortunes i'll bear them patiently so he is happy these hands shall toil for his support these eyes be lifted up for hourly blessings on him and every duty of a fond and faithful wife be doubly done to cheer and comfort him so hear me so reward me rises i would kneel too but that offended heaven would turn my prayers to curses what have i to ask for i who have shook hands with hope is it for length of days that i should kneel no my time is limited or is it for this world's blessings upon you and yours to pour out my heart and wishes for a ruined wife a child and sister oh no for i have done a deed to make you miserable why miserable is poverty so miserable the real wants of life are few a little industry will supply them all and cheerfulness will follow it is the privilege of honest industry and we'll enjoy it fully never never oh i have told you but in part the irrevocable deed is done what deed and why do you look so at me a deed that dooms my soul to vengeance that seals your misery here and mine hereafter no no you have a heart too good for it alas he raves charlotte his looks too terrify me speak comfort to him he can have done no deed of wickedness and yet i fear the worst what is it brother a deed of horror ask him no questions ma'am this last misfortune has hurt his brain a little time will give him patience scene eight enter stukely why is this villain here to give you liberty and safety there's his discharge madam giving a paper to mrs beverley let him be gone this moment the arrest last night was meant in friendship but came too late what mean you sir the rest was too late i say i would have kept his hands from blood but was too late his hands from blood whose blood oh wretch wretch from lucen's blood no villain yet what of lucen speak quickly you are ignorant then i thought i heard the murderer at confession what murder and who is murdered not lucen say he lives and i'll kneel down and worship you in pity so i would but that the tongues of all cry murder i came in pity not in malice to save the brother not kill the sister your lucen's dead oh horrible why who has killed him and yet it cannot be what crime had he committed that he should die villain he lives he lives and shall revenge these pangs patience sweet charlotte 
oh tis too much for patience he comes in pity he says oh execrable villain the friend is killed then and this the murderer silence i charge you proceed sir no justice may stop the tale and here's an evidence scene nine enter bates the news i see has reached you to charlotte but take comfort madam there's one without inquiring for you go to him and lose no time oh misery misery exit follow her jarvis if it be true that lucen's dead her grief may kill her jarvis must stay here madam i have some questions for him rather let him fly his evidence may crush his master why i this looks like management bates to beverley he found you quarrelling with lucen in the street last night no i am sure he did not or if i did tis false old man they had no quarrel there was no cause for quarrel let him proceed i say oh i am sick sick reach me a chair he sits down you droop and tremble love your eyes are fixed too yet you are innocent if lucen's dead you killed him not scene ten enter dawson who sent for dawson twas i we have a witness too you little think of without there what witness a right one look at him scene eleven re-enter charlotte with lucen lucen to bates and dawson ah villains villains risen from the dead why this is unexpected happiness or is it his ghost to stukeley that sight would please you sir what riddle's this be quick and tell it my minutes are but few alas why so you shall live long and happily well shame and punishment shall rack that viper pointing to stukeley the tale is short i was too busy in his secrets and therefore doomed to die bates to prevent the murder undertook it i kept aloof to give it credit and gave me pangs unutterable i felt them all and would have told you but vengeance wanted ripening the villain's scheme was but half executed the arrest by dawson followed the supposed murder and now depending on his once wicked associates he comes to fix the guilt on beverley oh execrable wretch dawson and i are witnesses of this and of a thousand frauds his friend undone by sharpers and false dice and stukeley sole contriver and possessor of all had he but stopped on this side murder we'd have been villains still thus heaven turns evil into good and by permitting sin warns men to virtue yet punishes the instrument so shall our laws though not with death but death were mercy shame beggary and imprisonment 
unpitied misery, the stings of conscience and the curses of mankind shall make life hateful to him, till at last his own hand end him. To Beverly. How does my friend? Why, well, who's he that asks me? Tis loosen, love. Why do you look so at him? Beverly, wildly. They told me he was murdered. Aye, but he lives to save us. Lend me your hand. The room turns round. Oh, heaven! This villain here disturbs him. Remove him from his sight. And for your lives see that you guard him. Stukeley is taken off by Dawson and Bates. How is it, sir? Tis here, and here. Pointing to his head and heart. And now it tears me. You feel convulsed, too. What is it disturbs you? This sudden turn of joy, perhaps. He wants rest, too. Last night was dreadful to him. His brain is giddy. I never to be cured. Why, brother? Oh, I fear. I fear. Preserve him, heaven. My love, my life, look at me. How his eyes flame. A furnace rages in his heart. I have been too hasty. Indeed. Oh, me, oh, me, help, Jarvis. Fly, fly for help. Your master dies, else. Weep not, but fly. Exit Jarvis. What is this hasty deed? Yet, do not answer me. My fears have guessed it. Call back the messenger. Tis not in medicine's power to help me. Is it then so? Down, down, restless flames. Laying his hand on his heart. Down to your native hell. There you shall rack me. Oh, for a pause from pain. Help Charlotte. To loosen. Support him, sir. What river's this? I'll plunge and cool me. Flings himself upon the ground. Oh, tis a sea of fire. Lift me, lift me. They raise him to his chair. This is a killing fight. Beverly, starting. That pang was well. It has numbed my senses. Where's my wife? Can you forgive me, love? Alas, for what? Beverly, starting again. Oh, and there's another pang. Now all is quiet. Will you forgive me? I will. Tell me. For what? For meanly dying. No. Do not say it. As truly as my soul must answer it. Had Jarvis stayed this morning, all had been well. But pressed by shame, pent in a prison, tormented with my pangs for you, driven to despair and madness, I took the advantage of his absence, corrupted the poor wretch he left to guard me, and swallowed poison. A fatal deed! Dreadful and cruel! I, most accursed. And now I go to my account. This rest from pain brings death, yet tis heaven's kindness to me. I wished for ease, a moment's ease, that cool repentance and contrition might soften vengeance. Bend me, 
and let me kneel they lift him from his chair and support him on his knees i'll pray for you too thou power that madst me hear me if for a life of frailty and this too hasty deed of death thy justice dooms me here i acquit the sentence but if enthroned in mercy where thou sittest thy pity has beheld me send me a gleam of hope that in these last and bitter moments my soul may taste of comfort and for these mourners here oh let their lives be peaceful and their deaths happy now raise me they lift him to the chair restore him heaven stretch forth thy arm omnipotent and snatch him from the grave oh save him save him alas that prayer is fruitless already death has seized me yet heaven is gracious i asked for hope as the bright presage of forgiveness and like a light blazing through darkness it came and cheered me twas all i lived for and now i die not yet not yet stay but a little and i'll die too no live i charge you we have a little one though i have left him you will not leave him to lucen's kindness i bequeath him is not this charlotte we have lived in love though i have wronged you can you forgive me charlotte forgive you oh my poor brother lend me your hand love so raise me no twill not be my life is finished oh for a few short moments to tell you how my heart bleeds for you that even now thus dying as i am dubious and fearful of hereafter my bosom pang is for your miseries support her heaven and now i go oh mercy mercy dies then all is over to mrs beverley how is it madam my poor charlotte too scene the last enter jarvis how does my master ma'am here's help at hand scene beverley am i too late then tears tears why fall you not o oh, wretched sister speak to her lucin her grief is speechless remove her from this sight go to her jarvis lead and support her sorrow like hers forbids complaint words are for lighter griefs some ministering angel bring her peace jarvis and charlotte lead her off and thou poor breathless corpse may thy departed soul have found the rest it prayed for save but one error and this last fatal deed thy life was lovely 
Let frailer minds take warning, and from example learn that want of prudence is want of virtue. Follies, if uncontrolled of every kind, grow into passions and subdue the mind. With sense and reason hold superior strife and conquer honor, nature, fame, and life. Epilogue written by a friend and spoken by Mrs. Pritchard. On every gamester in the Arabian nation, tis said that Mahomet denounced damnation, but in return for wicked cards and dice, he gave them black-eyed girls in paradise. Should he thus preach, good countrymen to you, his converts would, I fear, be mighty few. So much your hearts are set on sordid gain, the brightest eyes round you shine in vain. Should the most heavenly beauty bid you take her, you'd rather hold two aces and a maker. By your example, our poor sex drawn in is guilty of the same unnatural sin. The study now of every girl of parts is how to win your money, not your hearts. Oh, in what sweet, what ravishing delights our bows and bells together pass their nights by ardent perturbations kept awake. Each views with longing eyes the other's stake. The smiles and graces are from Britain flown. Our Cupid is an errant sharper grown, and fortune sits on Cytheria's throne. In all these things, though women may be blamed, sure men, the wiser men, should be ashamed. And tis a horrid scandal, I declare, that four strange queens should rival all the fair, four jilts, with neither beauty, wit, nor parts, oh, shame, have got possession of their hearts. And those bold sluts, for all their queenly pride, have played loose tricks, or else they are much belied. Cards were at first for benefits designed, sent to amuse, and not enslave the mind. From good to bad, how easy the transition, for what was pleasure once is now perdition. Fair ladies, then these wicked gamesters shun, whoever weds one is, you see, undone. Finney. End of Act 5 and End of The Gamester by Edward Moore